This is a test. This station is conducting a test of the emergency broadcasting system. This is only a test. Of all these opinions, this is the one that continues to blindside me, dumbfound me, gobsmack me, thunderstruck Just me. blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? Calm. What's the procedure? Stay calm! This is the Overreaction Podcast. I am Chase. With me as always, my man, Cody, and we have wrapped up week three in the books. How are you doing tonight, my man? I'll be honest, it was a, it's just been a struggle of a weekend. I've been tired. The drinks were <laughs> flowing a little bit because it's the, it's the birthday weekend. You know, man, we got to... Got to go out and celebrate it a little bit. So we're up late night on the birthday, but putting out content for the people. We don't ever take days off here. Happy birthday, my man! Yes, that, absolutely excited to have that. You, you know, you're you're getting closer to thirty by the day. Uh, you know, you're the young buck of the show. I'm getting closer to forty by the day. So, uh, you know, we, we out here though. So yeah, I appreciate the grind. Yeah, no, we there there are no days off. Fantasy takes no days off in season. We we just grind away. It's, you know, we we have to grind the NFL slate. Uh, we had a lot of really interesting, excited things happen in week three, and so we have a lot to t- to touch into. Uh, we are going to break things down a little bit differently this week. You know, we we have been looking at overreactions, just kind of discussing what's really been going on in the la- in the landscape. We're going to dive positionally this week as well, just to kind of assess really where things are at. Um, we we've started to notice things that may be an overreaction or maybe this is just a reality. So, um, you know, let's kick things off with, with probably what was the highlight of last week. And then like the low light of this week, which is Justin Fields. Um, you know what? There was a lot of, a lot of hate to your takes last week. There's a lot, a lot going on in the world, but it's bad whenever Justin Fields is proving me wrong. And it's, because I legitimately said that Justin Fields was going to play YOLO ball and actually be good this week. And what do we see? The same old Justin Fields. Nothing has changed. He looks exactly the same. That Kansas City defense is very, very good. So I won't put I won't put that on him. You know, like he played very badly against a very good defense. I get that. But the man still, I mean, I don't know if he's being held hostage by Eberflus or something, and he just refuses to run the ball because of like safety for his family, maybe. I don't know what the answer is, but he certainly doesn't want to run the ball anymore, it feels like, or at least they don't have any – they're trying to force him to pass. It is ugly. Obviously, there's other things circling around all of the Chicago Bears situation as well and don't want to speculate on any of that. But, man, it is a dumpster fire up there in the Windy City, Chase. Yeah, man. I mean, l- let's just say, like, maybe, just maybe in week four, the, the you know they play the Denver Broncos and so something's got to give right like can Justin Fields be good enough to, to you know to tear up the Denver defense which uh just had gaping holes ran through them all week um and so that was a, a brutal a brutal game for Denver so if there's a chance if there's a glimmer of hope it's got to be week four for Justin Fields and if it does not happen um for all of you holding on to any Justin Fields in your league yikes 
right now. I mean, how how many games in a row now would you actually have to realistically put together to ever get back to that like two first value that people are still going to be out here trying to hold on to for? Because it ain't happening right now. I don't know if you could get a first straight up right now. Like that is how bad it is in the streets for Justin Fields. And honestly, just from the Bears perspective, like if you don't figure it out against the defense that just gave up the most yards in NFL history in a single game, if you don't figure it out against that, like I, I know it was ludicrous for me to say that he was about to get benched by week 10. Like what, how much longer does Eberflus continue to roll this guy out there whenever he's fighting for his job? He's probably fired anyway. He probably knows it. But man, this looks like a team that's on the trajectory to being the worst in the NFL again, back to back seasons. Yeah, it's, it's truly unfortunate because I do think a lot of this has to do with coaching. It sounds like it sounds like a lot of the players from within are, are are bringing things up and saying that they feel like it's coaching as well. Obviously, Justin Fields has said the same thing. You know, I, I hope for the best for the young man. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think it's going to be in a Bears uniform. If it is in a Bears uniform, then hopefully they find an entire new coaching staff that uh, knows what they're doing uh, with with a guy that has. I mean, he's talented. There's no doubt about it. He has talent, but they, he needs development still. So. Um, yeah, hopefully he doesn't get David card where he just gets, you know, beat up so much and is just having PTSD out there trying to figure out how to process defenses. So, um, it's, it's truly ugly. It's just a bad situation for, for everybody involved in that bears locker room. It, it feels a lot like Trey Lance right now. It really does because all that you're, all that you're hoping for at this point now, like I think almost everybody like rationally looking at this is saying like it's not going to get better in a bears uniform so now you're like banking on a trade and him actually going to a good spot in a new system and a new offense two years probably down the road because they don't they still don't really have any like realistic reason to trade him unless another team actually is going to give up a reasonable draft capital to get him which i just don't see happening right now it's it's bleak it's it's a bleak outlook I, I like you said i hope the best for him but man it is it's not looking good for the next probably two years for justin fields right now hopefully he gets back together somewhere else but i don't have time to wait around for that on dynasty rosters so speaking of let's just wrap up justin fields talk with with one last conversation we know you you ran through all of the quarterbacks you'd rather have over justin fields um so let's say you have that opportunity to trade him still I don't know if you can get a single first. I think if you can get a first, I think you just take it and run. Um, is there where is that limit today for you when it comes to the quarterback position? Where do you draw that line? Are you willing to go all the way down and just say Kenny Pickett? Are you are you willing to go down there? Mac Jones, Derek Carr, like Russ. You just take Look, obviously, if I still had a share, which I have none, um, I'm, I'm not trading any of these guys just like straight up. But like the one I don't actually rather roster. Like I know I went through it and I said I'd rather have any of these guys over him. Like, yes, I would rather have them on my roster. I'm probably not sending out the deal straight up. But where I would actually send it straight up, you're probably looking at like the Kenny Pickett, Geno Smith range, and then ones that I would still rather roster. I mean, we're going down to Russ Wilson, maybe at that. Oh, yeah, that I don't know if I can get. I don't even know if I can get myself to say that far down, but still, the Geno Smith, Mac Jones, Russ is on the borderline of that right now. And you know, I, I'm gonna. I'm still gonna throw this name out there. I, I'm still not giving up hope, and it'll kind of transition into the other quarterback we want to talk about, but. Um, the guy that I would actually target right now, because people are also very low on him, um, is Daniel Jones 
Uh, and I feel like there's a chance that that team rebounds and he actually has a, a little bit more of a bounce back opportunity. If you're able to pivot into Daniel Jones still, I am still all for it. Um, I, I know that it has not been pretty for the Giants. Like that offensive line has been beat up. Saquon Barkley's been out. Waller has looked like, uh, I don't know, a shell of himself. Maybe he's just not quite used to the offensive scheme. And of course, they have no weapons. So it's not necessarily the prettiest situation. But I feel like you're going to get more runway with a guy like Daniel Jones than you are with Justin Fields right now. And like he also has that potential of jumping back in that top 12 on any given week just because of his rushing upside. So, um, I would I would say that that would be a pivot I could look into just because both of them are viewed pretty low in Dynasty right now. What are you What are your thoughts? Are you out on Daniel Jones right now? Are you totally panicked and just hitting that that panic button for him? No, I'm not panicked yet, but it's definitely I was definitely I was definitely too high on him coming in. The good thing for Daniel Jones the next two weeks he's got the Seahawks and the Dolphins, so that those should be two games where he can definitely get a little bit more right. But his entire season this year is just brutal. I mean, after those two games, he goes Bills, Commanders, Jets, then Raiders, and then Cowboys, Commanders, Patriots, Packers, Saints, Eagles. Like, it's a it's a brutal season that these guys have, have in front of them. And I I don't see the offensive line getting any better than what it is right now. So where how, how does this ship really right long-term, long course for the rest of the season? Uh, it's got me a little bit it's got me a little bit scared but i'm not out on daniel jones yet um i'll I'll still keep riding him but man he i don't think he's gonna elevate himself into that top eight that we were potentially saying he could potentially elevate himself into before the season it doesn't the offense is just not what it looked like at all last year and there's been regression from last year even though they've brought in waller just because of how bad the offensive line has ended up being yeah, I think the the motto all offseason was in Dayball we trust, right? Like, and that wasn't just from from our perspective. That was just the fantasy perspective in general, and just looking at what that team did last year, uh, overachieved if anything. And now you bring in a guy like Darren Waller, and we're like, oh yeah, they got thirteen slot receivers. Like this, someone's gonna someone's gonna be healthy and on the field and be able to run the right routes. And uh, unfortunately, the the offensive line regression and injuries. Um, Saquon being out does not help things at all. So you lose your best weapon on offense. Uh, yeah, it has not been pretty, but that's, that's kind of why I looked at him as a target for, for Justin Fields, where people are going to be very low on Daniel Jones still. Uh, and it might be a, someone that you could pivot. That's going to have some, some return. However, it, it might be a rough season. It really might be a very up and down season starting Daniel Jones. Um, I have some situations where I, I have to start him as my QB two. I don't feel great about it. Like I don't, I just don't feel great about it. Week in and week out. You can't right now. Like Josh Dobbs is probably outscoring him on the year easily. (laughs) And things, things you did not have on your 2023 bingo car. Whenever you, whenever you submitted that one at the beginning of the season was that Josh Dobbs is probably going to outscore, has a good chance to outscore him this year, at least in games that he's playing. I mean, my goodness, like you bring up Dobbs and like, do you think he has any standalone value? Like we, th- this team in general was one that that both you and I weren't necessarily thinking they were. They're bad, but we didn't think that they were going to be like Caleb bad. And Josh Dobbs came in very late in the train in training camp, got traded for just before the season started because everyone thought it was going to be Clayton Tune, and now he's come out there and he's had you know some very successful fantasy weeks for for the team and, and they've stayed competitive as well which has been a big plus and of course they beat the dallas cowboys this week uh which i think shocked everyone uh do you think josh dobbs has any standalone value 
beyond, you know, let's say like what we anticipated of week eight when we thought Kyler would come back? Well, just from a just from a team perspective, I mean, by transitive property values, they beat the Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Cowboys were slated to be a Super Bowl team by some people. So the Arizona Cardinals are going to the Super Bowl is what I'm hearing. Um, That's basically the one for one transition right now. Dobbs, unfortunately, no, I don't think he's going to hold any standalone value. He's he'll he'll score points this year like he's worth what his production right now is. If there if Josh Dobbs becomes a starter for anything more than 2023, I will be shocked. Like he, even though he's scoring fantasy points, he still actually doesn't look that great. Like he's no, he he's not. running and he's just throwing the ball to Rondell Moore in Hollywood and Zach Ertz, and it's somehow working for this kid right now. Um, but yeah, long term, I just can't imagine that he's a starter for anything more than twenty three. If you have some banged up quarterbacks, best ball wise. Um, you know, maybe you have Derek Carr, you need a spot start, Jimmy G. I mean, even if you have Daniel Jones and you're just looking for some depth to, to hopefully uh, ride out some of those Giants injuries, are you are you giving up anything more than a third for Dobbs? That's what I said. That's as soon as you were talking about that, I said I'd throw out a third. Yep. That's that's pretty much where I'm at, too. I think he can give you some starts. I mean, obviously, week one, he only had, you know, 0.98 fantasy points, so it wasn't great. But after that, 25, 17 last week against some very good defense, he's not turning the ball over, which is, you know, a plus in what you're looking for out of a guy. But he's also that offense is still inept. Like that offense is still not very good. So he's not going to be some studly performer for you. Like he had a rushing touchdown week week two, which helped him out. And then last week he had 55 yards on the ground, uh, which again helped his his overall fantasy stats for you. Uh, but it, in the end, it hasn't been. Hey, well, let's just segue that right into the next quarterback that we're going to talk about. Um, who do you want straight up, Zach Wilson or Josh Dobbs and Dynasty? Dobbs, <laughs> like I don't. I think I'm going to get more fantasy value out of out of Dobbs. Like that's all I'm looking for is fill in impact. Like give me some Dobbs over Zach Wilson. Like that. I used to. I mean, I was never on the Zach Wilson train. I was. I was just. I was putting him in the dirt before he even set foot on an NFL field. I just could not. Could not envision him being successful in the NFL. And and now I just feel bad for the kid. Like. He just looks absolutely lost out there. Just like a, a boy amongst men almost where he's just like, I'm playing quarterback for the Jets, but I probably shouldn't be. And he really shouldn't be. I, I don't know how he can. I don't think he he's one that will not last this season. I think Josh Dobbs will end up starting more games this year than Zach Wilson. I just don't I don't know if they go chase the points. I know there's been a lot of names thrown out for the Jets quarterbacks. I mean, you know it is rough season when people are saying Matt Ryan, Phillip Rivers, uh Joe Flacco, Carson Wentz are the names that people would rather have than you in this in this building right now. And there's been reports that Matt Ryan was even reached out to and said, No, I'm fine just being in the booth and talking every weekend instead of sitting behind that offensive line right now. Um, man, that is a that is a rough indictment on the kid. And like you said, he just looks he looks scared to make a play. He looks scared to make the wrong decision, looks scared to make a mistake right now. And hopefully something can get him out of that funk. Cause I still do believe that he has like he has traits that should lead to him being at least a semi product, like semi usable, semi serviceable NFL quarterback. But right now, mentally, I just don't think it's there for the kid. Yeah, it's 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 rough. Um, it feels like he's 
it almost feels like he's staring at the defensive line. Like he's almost so scared of like the pass rush and getting hit that he's not going through his progressions. I don't know. Like I really don't. But like when I'm watching him play, that's kind of what I see. I see just like the pure panic of like the pocket collapsing, him fig- trying to figure out if he needs to move and he's just not making the right reads. He's not going through his progressions. And then he's just making poor throws. So yeah, I mean, the Zach Wilson era, uh, was over before it began. I, I do hope that he does have an opportunity to develop, but I just don't know if anyone's going to give him a chance anytime soon. As far as like all of these trade rumors, though, that that you you brought up, I know everyone's like, oh, tra- just trade for Cousins or just go after, like you said, those the the plethora of free agent QBs and washed up QBs that are reaching out to to the Jets. But like, I, about the only thing that makes any sense, and I just I don't even know if this would be a real trade that these two teams would do in division. But like Mike White, like having Mike White go back to that offense, he's a backup for for Miami, but he's very familiar. Would would the Jets be willing to give up some sort of you know compensation for him just to get someone that's familiar? But again, you're now talking about like he's playing for a division rival. So like I would find it hard to believe that the Dolphins are gonna be like, yeah, let's give our division rival a quarterback. So you know, no that's shot the they only... bail him out. No right. shot they bail him out. Tannehill, like, like you want, you want to give up a first round pick. You want to give up another first round pick for Mike White. Sure, go ahead. Tank your franchise even further into the ground. Yeah, it's it's not pretty. I, I don't know that there's a, a solution at quarterback, unfortunately, for that team. Um, and I think we're just going to see it continue to to flounder. But the the fact that Salah keeps just sticking with the Zach Wilson, you know, in his corner, saying that he's our unquestioned starter. I mean, maybe for next week, but like, I feel like they have to figure out something. There has to be somebody out there that can play quarterback. That's not, you know, a noodle arm and that's not just totally washed up. So is there any name that you think could end up starting for this team that, that really like kind of stands out to you? The one that the one that's always brought up recently, there, there's two we'll get in. We'll pivot off of. The other one that I think is the the name, but the other one's Carson Wentz, um, who's still the free agent right now. Definitely seems like he's still wanting to play. I think they bring him in, but even if they bring him in, I don't think he's a starter for a good couple of weeks there. I think this they're going to give Zach Wilson as much of a leash as they can before they pull the plug on it. I mean, they're, they're going to give him every single opportunity to try to fix this thing and get it right, figure it out with Hackett, do whatever they need to do behind the scenes and try to get this kid just mentally right because he just looks mentally broken right now. Um, they're going to give him every chance to do it, but if he can't if he can't get over that hurdle, eventually they're going to have to go to something else. That would be the free agent that I guess interests me the most, so I probably will be picking up a couple of Carson Wentz shares just because if he ever gets a shot to start because of what the Jets were supposed to be this year with Rodgers, like he will be flippable. Like he will be probably worth that third round pick that I can just pick up off waivers right now and then eventually flip for a third if he does sign. Um, But I I don't think the change is coming soon in, in New York. So with uh, with that being said, you know, I know Scott Connor has been sending out a bunch of trades for any Zach Wilson that he has had trying to move off of them. Um, that's kind of the move I have. I had like I think I have one share and I'm just trying to get can I get a third? Can Does anyone need a spot start for the next few weeks where I can get a third? I can actually I bought one of those shares. I bought one of those shares. Did you I bought really? <laughs> a Debbie depleted fourth round pick for Zach Wilson from Scott Connor. Okay. I mean, uh, hey, it's a fourth, right? Like in, in the Debbie depleted fourth sorts, you know. 
uh, is it a fourth? But like, that's the thing is like, can I get some sort of profit for, for my team? And that's, that's where I have, I think Zach Wilson, I think I have him in a Debbie depleted league as well. So I was like, maybe I can get a Debbie depleted third, but uh, knowing that's the market, can I get a fourth? Can I get fab? Give me some fab for, for some Zach Wilson starts. If you're out there, send, send it my way. Like, let me just, let me just run crazy, crazy value for a guy that's literally an NFL starting quarterback right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. All right. So enough of enough of the, of the Zach Wilson, um, you know, low lights. Let's get into to some highlights of things that have been going on here. We have some good that has been happening. Um, obviously, I, I want to start with with uh, a, a name that I feel like everyone this offseason was really low on. I know with when you're looking at auction startups, he's probably going around QB 14, QB 15, and everyone was worried about injury. But at this point, when Tua Tagovailoa is out there just torching defenses, I have a really hard time not wanting him in Dynasty. Is he is he in that Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow top five for you right now? Top six, maybe? He's getting close. He's definitely uh, taking the spot of probably Fields and Watson. Uh, he's he's definitely jumped those guys, so he's probably sitting right there. Uh, if I was just to pull up to KTC right now, he's currently sitting at QB9, which feels low. I think he's probably jumped T-Law, and then you just have Anthony Richardson left to jump. I'm not going to throw him up into the top six yet just because of those injury concerns. So it's still Mahomes, Allen Hurts, Herbert, Burrow, Lamar for me. And then I think he's right there, neck and neck with uh, Anthony Richardson. Uh, Anthony Richardson and Tua right there, neck and neck at QB seven. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think the the there's still a, a kind of a core eight that I'm that I'm with. Uh, maybe even nine if you you know T Law. T Law's had some struggles, and we'll kind of dive into that a little bit here too. But um, yeah, I, I would say I, I would comfortably put Tua in that Lamar, Anthony Richardson tier. Um, I do still think Herbert and, and Joe Burrow are just a little bit above them in, in a different tier uh, for me personally, but they're in that top eight, top nine. I, I definitely I have, a, have a tough time and I could swap them in and out. Um, I do wish I had more to it. The places that I do have them, um, you know, it's it's best ball leagues that, that I, you know, you know how we you know how we do our, our, our best ball lineups. We love to try and find that value at quarterback and and Tua was going for, you know, 50, 60, 80 dollars cheaper than than some of these top 12 quarterbacks. And, and here we are, you know, reaping the rewards at this point. So um, absolutely love Tua right now. Yes, the, the, the concussions are, you know, going to be something that are on managers minds in all honesty. I feel like if you can buy Tua for, I, I just, I just don't know. Like, I just don't know why we're not like all in on this kid. Like I get the head injuries, but that's with anybody. And I know one more hit could knock him out. But like, if I'm, if I'm talking about being able to swap out like CJ Stroud for Tua and, and Dak Prescott for Tua, like people are still legitimately concerned about the longevity of Tua and and the, the, I won't. the one that is just laughable for me is the, oh, it's only because of the system. He's not actually good. Why do why do I care? Come why on. why why in the world would I care? Because as I long mean, as he was playing football after this season and after this start, he's going to be playing for the Miami Dolphins. Like, there's no question about that. And so, like, you're literally just saying, like, I guess maybe you're thinking of fall off after Tyreek retires, but that's another probably two years. And with, with the way he's playing right now, like there's, there's no reason other, other than injury, which is why I don't have him in that top six yet. 
and while while still keep him out. But man, he's he he is right now probably the best pure pocket passer in the league. People need to stop with that. People need to stop like saying, "Oh, in two to three years, when two, when uh, Tyreek retires, like it's going to be a different game." We are talking about dynasty in a week to week game right now, and you're worried about two to three years when when two K Tyreek is no longer with, with the team and he decides to retire at age what thirty one, thirty two. Like, what are we doing? There's they still have Jalen Waddle. They just dropped seventy without Jalen Waddle. Like they just dropped 70 in an NFL game. Like this isn't high school. This isn't college playing some FCS school. Like this was two NFL teams, I guess two potentially NFL teams fighting, but like one and a half teams on that field this past week that were out there playing and two had just torched them. I mean, I don't know what to say right now. Like, I just don't know why people aren't all in on two attack of Aloha. Yeah. I mean, in high school, um, my my high school team beat a team seventy two to zero one week, and See? in the in the fourth quarter, I was playing running back, which I'd never played before in high school at all. And they had just put me in there. I scored two touchdowns on three plays. Um, and the other team asked for an apology from our athletic director for running up the score on them, and we were like, "What do you want us to do? Do you just want us to take a knee? Because that's almost more disrespectful." That's what it felt like whenever I was watching that Miami Dolphins game on Sunday. It was just there was nothing other. There's nothing else you can do. You just kept throwing a chain out there and Chris Brooks out there, and they were still getting yards. <laughs> Two was still getting yards. I mean, it was just insane. One of one of the craziest games that I will ever see in my life. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. Cody was Devon A chain before Devon A chain was Devon A chain. So, uh, yeah, Cody was out here. Two touchdowns. Running backs are replaced. <laughs> running backs are replaceable. I could go in there right now for Devon A chain, like, and do the same exact thing. You're like, I'm living proof. I've been there. I, you know. <laughs> oh my gosh, off the rails. But speaking of another system quarterback that people really didn't have a lot of belief in was was Brock Purdy. Um, but it feels like he's another one that's kind of solidified himself in this in this Dak Prescott tier. Um, I know, you know, he doesn't have the long-term deal, but it seems like with quarterback, that's not as big of a deal, right? Like I fully believe that Brock Purdy will be the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, barring again, you know, a God, let me knock on wood, like a UCL tear that like legitimately ends the season where they have to bring in somebody else. Like it seems like Brock Purdy has secured this job. He looks really good in this system and in this offense. Um, he executes it well. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, we saw we saw Mike McNutted himself owning up to Brock Purdy being good. Finally, like there is there's the tweets are out there now. The the non-believers are becoming believers. So he didn't say he was good. He just traded for him in a league. Hey, you know what? We'll take that. He he did give him some compliments this week, and there was there was some 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 talk about the. I'll, I'm going to find those receipts here before the end of the show. But but, but still, I I saw again today somebody still saying Brock Purdy sucks, and I'm like, objectively, how do you watch football and say that this dude sucks? And again, going back to the same two conversation of like, you you say he he's just only good because of the offensive scheme. What does it matter whenever he's playing on the cheapest contract you can possibly have in the NFL and he is eight and oh in the regular season as an NFL starter? Like he's going to be the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers for at least the next two years because he cannot get paid more than what his contract is and renegotiate until after year three. So they have a quarterback who's going to be making less than a million dollars this year and next year. Like he, 
I, I just don't understand how you can objectively look at this kid and say that he sucks. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think you can anymore. And so I, it feels like he it feels like he's a buy candidate. It feels like people are still like they still believe in him to put up enough fantasy points for him to be, you know, Jimmy G esque um, in that offense where, you know, he's going to to be good, but they still don't believe in him being a long term starter. What are you giving up in Dynasty to get yourself Brock Purdy right now? Can you can you give up any of those QB twos in a second to get him? Do you have to give you know give up a QB two and a first at this point? Like I'm looking, you know, Russ Mac Jones. Um, let's let's go to let's bring up the old trusty reliable KTC here. QB thirteen uh, KTC right behind oof. Bryce Young. I mean he he he's actually being respected there now. Look at that. Look at um, that. I mean it's like it. It's probably like if I were to just send like pure pick value, um, obviously there's so much league context that you can't really do it. But in just like your normal standard 10 or 12 team start 10s, like it's probably a first and second value for him right now. The issue with Brock Purdy is just like I as much as I love him and I think he's a very good NFL quarterback, like he doesn't have the upside to ever get into that like top eight. Like he he doesn't pat he doesn't pass enough he's not ever going to pass enough in that type of an offense where he runs off of efficiency he'll be a high end QB too but he never has the upside to get into that like top six with like what we're seeing with Tua he doesn't hold that upside. So with that being said, because obviously Brock can have you know you're not saying he can't have like top eight weeks because I, I know I'm waiting for that Twitter post of of Brock Purdy throwing three touchdown passes in a week and. And then being like, see, told you, uh, obviously you've been one of the biggest Brock Purdy, you know, hype men this offseason that I that I know. Uh, <laughs> so you've been all in on him. Would you be selling Brock Purdy then to move up? Like, can you capitalize on his you know, QB 13 value? He's right there. Like you said, with Bryce Young, Jordan Love at QB 11. Um, wow. So <laughs> sorry, they got floored right there. Um <laughs> What are you giving up on top of Brock Purdy to get yourself to maybe to Tua? Uh, can I throw? Can I throw a first yeah, on top of Brock. I think you probably ha- still have to throw, like, especially off of the week that we've seen. Yeah, Tua smashed. Like Tua's got QB one upside on any given week. Like that's the yeah. You you throw a first on top of Purdy to get up to Tua. Yeah, probably. I think I'm willing to do that, man. I I, I feel like I just maybe I just want Tua too bad right now, but. Um, and again, not uh, again, context matters, not for any sure. First, not, you know, we're not giving up Caleb Williams, <laughs> not wholesale. Just, to yeah. to do a- <laughs> yes. Thank you for, we got to like, you got to have caveats now. You got to clarify all that league context does matter where that pick lies does matter. So yes, uh, bottom half of the first, you know, playoff first and, and Brock Purdy. Let's go with that. So. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Any of these other quarterbacks uh, that we really need to dig into, though? We got a couple of guys. We got you know, Cousins potentially going to the Jets. We've got Lamar God. looking like Lamar and rushing for over 100 yards in a game again. Sam Howell might be the worst quarterback in the NFL. Any of these guys? I mean, none of that really stands out. Uh, Andy Dalton played decent this past week. Um, you know, he's he's going to be you know a, a good option, I guess, to to stream in certain leagues. Uh, the, I think the ones that kind of stand out to me lately have been T-Law, like my concerns for T-Law. I don't think it's like a panic mode for him, but if people are interested in buying, I might be interested in selling. And then the fact that C.J. Stroud has looked like the best rookie quarterback. Like C.J. Stroud has looked insanely good, especially for the weapons and the, the offense that we thought was going to be out there. Uh, C.J. Stroud has played extremely well 
for your Houston Texans this year? I'm a little bit victim of this because I'm just a naturally pessimistic fan by heart. And I did not <laughs> like, I did not like the decision. I was very vocal about it. Did not like the decision to take CJ Stroud. I thought this team needed one more year of a tank for the first two weeks. They did because they have holes still all throughout the defense. They yeah. somehow, I going back to fields or to, going back to T law. I don't know how they shut that team down. Like their, their defense is still very, 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 very bad. And they made T law look inept. Um, but he's, he's looked seriously like the best he's really, at least as a passer. I mean, Anthony Richardson has flashed his upside before suffering the concussion and going out. And so you, you see the, you see the growth and development that Anthony Richardson has made. Bryce Young's looked like the worst one, but we kind of thought that that might be the case with the offensive line, but CJ Stroud's dealing with an offensive line too. That's not very good. And he has looked fantastic throwing to Nico Collins and, John Mechie, Tank Dell, Robert Woods. He's doing the most with nothing right now out of all of these guys. And it, it's good to see. I mean, he's, he's absolutely surgical. It, if he could just throw 10 yard outs all day long, you would probably win every single game. If you could just throw 10 yard outs every single play. He, uh, the, the big thing that I've been impressed with, with CJ Stroud is, uh, I mean, obviously his pinpoint accuracy was one of the things that, that people talked about his ability to, to time routes and things like that. Um, He's not turning the ball over. And 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 this is like obviously it sounds super basic, but when you're talking about like winning football games and staying competitive, like not putting your defense in situations where their backup is up against the wall, which then in turns puts your offense in bad situations where you have, you know, you have to pass and then you get defensive ends that are just pinning their ears back and coming at you. Like they haven't had Laramie Tunsil all year. I think they've had I, I want to say at least four starters out at any given point in each of these, these first three games. So it has not been pretty for that offensive line, but he's made it work. Like he definitely, he's a rookie. Like he's still going to make rookie mistakes. This isn't going to sit here and say he's going to be out there, uh, you know, torching the league and being a top 10 quarterback, but he has that potential. Like he really does. He has the ability to get there. And, and CJ Stroud was one that like I was sitting at the one Oh five and a lot of rookie drafts where I wasn't exactly excited. I was like, crap, I'm going to miss out on, on Gibbs. I'm going to miss out on a rich. I'm going to miss out on Bryce and Bijan. All right. What am I going to do at one Oh five? And I know the debate for a lot of people is like, ah, oh, JSN or, or CJ Stroud. And I know a lot of people took JSN, but I took all CJ Stroud just took that quarterback advantage. And I'm so happy that I have the, I believe the three shares of CJ Stroud that I do have just because it was like, all right, one Oh five, just take the quarterback, take the quarterback and run. Like, let's see what happens. You take and the quarterback because you, sure. me, Twitter experts, and even the NFL are terrible at evaluating it. 100%. And oh my goodness. You, ju- you just play the variance game of which quarterback is going to be good. It's only three games. I'm not saying that he's going to be an NFL, you know, long-term starter or anything, but he at least looks good. A lot better than I thought he would be. Yeah, there's there's so much. I mean, this is turning into a quarterback episode before we know it. Really, is, is but but you know, there's there's a lot going on in the quarterback market, and everything's changing so quickly. Um, you know, Stroud is definitely one I'm super interested in. I know I've seen some trades that happened before the season started where they traded away, you know, uh, aging vets for for CJ Stroud, and now they're they're looking at that, saying you know they're getting the point production and they have the youth. So uh, love to see that. The one things I wanted to touch on as far as injuries go, obviously Derek Carr has his shoulder injury. Doesn't sound like it's a long term thing, but Jameis Winston season firing him up for a few weeks um 
we know he's going to chuck the rock. I don't know how I feel about starting Jameis Winston, but how do you feel about this for the offensive weapons in New Orleans? Oh, Jimmy Dubs is a he's a miracle. He's a godson for the offense. And so I, I'm I'm happy for my Chris Olave shares. Um, honestly, it's good for Taysom Hill, too, because he'll probably get more snaps back there at quarterback as well. So you can potentially even fire up some Taysom Hill shares in the right type of league formats. Um, I don't think you see a big dramatic shift, though. The, the biggest thing is Alvin Kamara is coming back to this offense next week. That's the biggest thing for the New Orleans Saints. I don't think it's uh, Jameis Winston actually being here. It's definitely they need some efficiency on the ground because it hasn't been there the first three weeks. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally with that. Uh, we'll see how Jameis does. He's looked good in this offense at times before in years past. Um, I could see him playing very well because he has no problem throwing up that YOLO ball. So uh, it should be fun to watch New Orleans with Jameis um, at the wheel. But uh, again, not really excited about having to start him. But we'll see how how it produces for for fantasy for us. So uh, enough quarterback talk here. Let's Let's dive into some of the running backs here this week. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on with the quarterbacks before we do? One last thing. Does Cousins okay. get traded? Does Cousins get traded? I no, vote no. I, I don't think there's a shot. Like they, they would have to. I mean, they go 0-6, maybe. He may not be in their long-term future plans, but like he's such a good quarterback. Like he's probably he's probably a top 14 quarterback in the NFL. Like I just don't see how you trade that away midseason, even if you're on the tanking path. I mean, they've already committed, I believe, like over 90% of his salary. So like if they did trade him, like they could get a decent return. I still I still think he's a Minnesota Viking beyond this year. So uh, I'm going to go with no. Yep, I'm out on that one. I'm going to pass for now. All right, let's move into running backs then. Yeah, absolutely. So so running backs here, let's start with the old crusties. Um, one thing, let's just hit note first because uh, Nick Chubb is – I guess risen from the dead because everyone killed him off. And after, after we saw the way that knee bent and everything that's gone on for Nick Chubb, it did not look good. However, however, it sounds like it sounds like it's just an MCL uh, tear, which he should be ready to go for next season. So you did end up selling yourself Nick Chubb. I just want to bring that up for you. How do you feel right now? selling um gutted um bad i don't understand how that man's knee is not shredded i'm happy that it's not for him the player um we we still have we still have to get through the surgery i believe though which is the one thing that i'm still like kind of questioning on like this is just from what i understand right now as we're recording this 1 a.m my time on on a tuesday morning um from what i understand it's only the mri right like that's the only thing that's showing that we only have the MCL. I still haven't watched the play. I'm actually probably going to have to go watch it now just because like, I, I want to understand how you only tear an MCL from what has been described to me and for what made me sell off Chubb for basically like a second, third swap. And I was kicking in a tank Bigsby. Um, it was bad. It was a bad trade. It's going to look very bad if he plays NFL football again, but I hope for him, the player he does, I would not be making any trades until we know exactly what Nick Chubb's outlook is and what the what the findings are whenever they go in there and do the actual surgery on the knee. But good for him. I I really hope that we can see Nick Chubb play again. He's one of the best running backs in the NFL. Hope he can get back out there next year. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there with uh, uh, with just talking about in terms of his own health and like the MRI, Uh, the MRI. I believe uh, Jeff from Thrive PT, Destination Debbie's injury doc, um, 
talked about it basically saying that the MRI could be muddied with, you know, swelling, different things that are going on within that MRI image. So we may not have the full picture of really what's in there until we actually have the surgery and you have a video to watch in your inbox. So you can look at that while I talk about not right now. Derek we'll Henry. watch that after the show. <laughs> Come on, man. You got to see it. Um, all right. So we then let's dive into the Tennessee Titans here. Um, really interesting snap splits. You know, we have Tajay Spears actually taking 50% of the running back snaps at Derrick Henry's 38. However, Derrick Henry did out touch him 11 on the ground to four on the ground. And then Spears got four in the air, four targets in the air, none for uh, Derrick Henry. Are you concerned about this split? I mean, this has now been a consistent thing where Derrick Henry is kind of just relegated to when he's on the field, he's going to get, I guess, rushes. And that's pretty much that's pretty much what they're using Derrick Henry for right now. I was concerned about it before the season. I had him, I think he's like RB10 in projections, but I was also factoring in a little bit of injury, like him missing a couple of games. Um, And I still didn't have him inside my top five, even on points per game, because I thought that this was going to be a little bit of an outcome that Spears would take a little bit of the work. I didn't think it was going to be this bad. And I didn't think the Tennessee offensive line run blocking was going to be this bad. This is a very, very bad football team. How, who is somehow probably going to squeak out seven wins because they just Mike Mike Vrabel does that and they'll probably score like 200 points total the entire year doing it somehow it doesn't make sense the Titans don't make sense to me Derrick Henry's usage doesn't make sense to me unless he's hurt or unless they are tr- literally trying to have him healthy for a trade later in the season I don't understand it, but yes, it's concerning. Like everybody who spent up first to try to, you know, push in with that contender piece. I did it in a couple of spots and I don't feel good about it right now because he's literally borderline. Like I don't want to start Derrick Henry some weeks. And that is a horrible, disgusting thing to say. Yeah. I mean, I bought him in best ball um, in the offseason. I mean, it was one of those situations, you know, we talk about all the time, not necessarily spending your capital on old players in March. And uh, I done did that. And so I went and bought myself Derrick Henry uh, for a first and, you know, felt good about it at the time. I obviously had concerns about the Titans, but now it's like truly coming to fruition where I'm like, yeah, I mean, thankfully it's a, a best ball league. So if he scores, he scores great. Like I'm going to, he's going to crack my lineup, but the usage isn't really what I want to see. Like I, I do want to see him getting closer to those 20 touches and, and that Browns defense is very good. Like they are an incredible team. So I'm going to kind of chalk this week up as just an L to kind of push it to the wayside. But if we start seeing more, you know, 11 carries for 20 yard performances out of Derrick Henry. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be a little bit worried about Derrick Henry uh, on this team just because of how bad they are. I mean, the fact we've, that they've won a game is just incredible, too. We've never seen this before from Derrick Henry. Like this is first time, first time ever. Um, normally he get normally he got gets there though. Like he had gotten there in the past being inefficient, still on the ground, but then breaking one whenever he gets to the third or fourth quarter and he's worn the defense down. He can't do that with 11 carries as it's currently operating right now. <laughs> I, 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 he has to get up to that like 20 carry mark, at least like 17, like that. That's what he needs just to be Derrick Henry that we, that we've known and loved. And this offensive line needs to be better. I agree with you that it was the Browns, but man, uh, things have got to get better there pretty quickly. Tannehill's looked awful too. Um, D hop looks like a kind of a shell of himself, even though he might be injured. I still think he just doesn't. Honestly, I think he just doesn't like to practice, which he's never liked to do, which is why he didn't get trade considerations from a lot of teams because a lot of NFL teams don't like him. The person. Yeah. I mean, 
the Titans seem like uh, one of those teams that are just floundering and they really need to make some moves. They have a bunch of aging assets that, you know, in, in dynasty terms, you'd be like, yeah, sell off. So um, hopefully the team can recognize that. Maybe you sell Tannehill to the Jets. Maybe, uh, I mean, we're, we're getting hypotheticals here. Derrick Henry, uh, he's a free agent after this year. So truly, if you can capitalize and get anything for Derrick Henry, uh, why not? So maybe there's a potential trade market out there. I don't know if D hop has any true trade trade market for him, but they, they got some decisions to, uh, to make this year. It does not look pretty. So, um, other highlights here from the running back room, uh, Jameer Gibbs got his opportunity as the lead back, got 17 carries, two targets, uh, didn't ha- catch any passes. So that was kind of, you know, the disappointment after having, I believe he had nine targets the week before. So everyone was hoping this was going to be that breakout performance wasn't bad it just wasn't it wasn't good for fantasy but it wasn't like he was bad it wasn't like he like didn't fit the bill or look the part um I, he was pretty he's, close to five yards of carry on the ground he's not a workhorse though like he's just, he will no. he's not and he will never be he wasn't that at college he needs he legitimately needs a david montgomery as much as people were saying that jameer gibbs needs to get more touches he needs a david montgomery next to him he will never be a workhorse running back he does not what he still does not run well in between the tackles. Like he, it's just not where he's built for. He needs to he needs to thrive on efficiency and pass work, which is what he's done and what I want to see a little bit more evolution from, especially in the passing game, because he should have more than two targets for zero catches in a game where he's the only running back. Yeah, I mean, and if he would have scored a touch, it feels like it feels like very Alvin Kamara ish when Alvin Kamara is forced into to running between the tackles. Like he can do it. He's, he's, he's more than able to for the NFL purposes, but if he doesn't score a touchdown, you're probably not going to be very excited about the fantasy line. Gibbs yep. didn't look bad. Like he, he served his NFL role. Like he looked, he did very good for the NFL side of things. Um, but again, he didn't score a touchdown and we, he didn't get used in the passing game. So like that kind of counterbalance in terms of like NFL versus fantasy, like that, that sucks. Same thing, Alvin Kamara. Like you want to see him catching passes, Gibbs. You want to see him catching passes. Hopefully, when Monty comes back, uh, you know we get to see a little bit more of that. Or if they figure out some way to just utilize Gibbs in that uh, you know open space kind of role uh, and just get him those targets, I think that's what's going to not only be better for him in terms of just his NFL production, but obviously for fantasy purposes. Like let, let's let's be real. Like that's what we're we're here for. Like this isn't necessarily just the uh, the fantasy side. You know, it's there's the NFL aspect to it, but um wasn't the performance we had hoped for out of Gibbs in week three no it wasn't but let's move into another rookie running back chase my guy my guy my love my love from Texas A&M the RB1 and the RB2 on the week were from the same team it was Raheem Mostert and the RB1 on the week my RB4 in the draft Devon A. Chain balling out against this absolutely ghost town of a city denver defense they're laying on the ground flopping like fishes and devon a chain is running 22 miles an hour past every one of them i love it four touchdowns for devon a chain over 200 yards you kidding me this is what we wanted from devon a chain and now he's not acquirable anywhere else until at least a couple of weeks after this cools down (laughs) i mean i yeah i don't know what to say as a broncos fan uh abysmal Ouch. performance sorry for your man. loss yeah like that was that was painful it was fun to watch but it was also painful knowing that i was on the the wrong end of that um 
but Devon A Chain looked really good. Like he was finally going to get the opportunity with with uh, with Salvan Ahmed out, and he took advantage of those eighteen carries for uh, eighteen carries, four targets with four receptions, two hundred and thirty combined yards, and four tutters. Uh, just an electric guy that I I want in best ball. Let me just start with saying that I want him in best ball because as we saw any given play, he can take that to the house and he's on an offense with a guru that can find a way to get him the ball in space, put him in positions to be successful and be efficient. Uh, so I love what he can be, but it's not like he just took over this backfield. It's not like he just dominated and was like, Oh yeah, Raheem Mostert's nothing. Jeff Wilson, when he comes back is not going to have a role. Like, he's not relegating these guys to nothing. I don't think at least at this point, but man, he he's done something that only five other running backs have done in the past, you know, ten years. Of, I believe is what it was, and that's scored fifty plus fantasy points. So you you don't really do that a whole lot in your first game. No, that's not a that's not a normally like common thing to do is be the RB one <laughs> and scoring fifty points and four touchdowns in in your first real NFL game. Uh, Look, it, much like Jameer Gibbs, he's always going to need somebody else with him. He, as much as he was in college, a workhorse, a true workhorse in college, he's not going to be that at the NFL. He needs a Raheem Mostert. He needs a David Montgomery type to run along with him. He won't ever be the workhorse of this running back room. However, Mostert's now 31. Jeff Wilson is always injured and still actually just like not very good. Like I believe he'll still be an integral part of this team going forward and for the next years to come. This team is the fastest team in the NFL. They're fantastic to watch. Mike McDaniel is a magician with play calling and pre-snap movement and everything like that. It's fun to watch this team right now, man. They're they're probably the best team in the NFL right now. So for me, this is kind of a, the, the the debate of dynasty di- discipline for uh for for what we just saw from Devon A. Chain. Because obviously, if you can get that kind of performance, like you want that in your lineup, you you want to start him, you want him on your best ball rosters, like you want that player on your team. And I know you're biased, so it's like this is going to be more of a hypothetical uh, taking your your bias out of this. Um, I, I know you personally are going to hold on to all of your De- Devon A. Chain shares. Um, with that being said, though, is the right dynasty move to capitalize on what we just saw? Do you just take any first at this point and just sell? Because I, I, I think, I think people would be willing to pay for that right now. It better not be this like playoff first. No, uh, I'm not. I'm not selling for that. I, I know I'm on the I'm on the train of like there are very few there are very few running backs that I believe hold more dynasty value than a first. Whenever I say that, I'm saying more of like the top six. I'm not saying those back end yeah. first. There's plenty of dynasty running backs that are worth that. It's not what I was saying last week. Whenever I was saying that, but uh, there, you know, like it's the it's the Brees Hall, it's the Gibbs, and it's Bijan probably that actually hold intrinsic long term value. At least Devon A. Chain is also a rookie. However, you know, like he he, I think he is a special talent. However, for NFL purposes, he's probably still even with the talent that he has, and even my bias aside, he's probably still replaceable in terms of the NFL. So if you can get in one of those like top six first, you probably do that because he's a running back and he plays that position and it he doesn't hold long-term intrinsic value because he doesn't have a first round draft pick associated with his name. I'm not probably going to do that just because like I, I do have preconceived bias here. And so like, I'm, I'm just going to say screw the process for this one player in this one instance. But yes, like if you can get one of those top six first round picks, you do. 
so so like I, again, I want you to put put the bias aside here. Is is the right play for for most individuals? Like, let's say you're a rebuilding team. Let's put some context here to the situation because I do feel like context does matter. Like, because obviously, if you're getting points and and you can try and capitalize on any point scores in that Miami Miami offense, are going to be fun. You're a, you are a rebuilding or retooling team. Would you take any first playoff? Like, would you take a playoff first for Devon A. Chain, or are you riding that out with the hopes that next year he's still going to have like you know you got thirty two year old Mostert at that point? Like, maybe maybe that's his backfield. Do you do you take that shot on a hundred and eighty pound Devon A. Chain? Nope. Nope. I drafted a chain at the one twelve this okay. year. I'm not I'm not re-rolling it just to draft the next Devon A chain at the one twelve next year. I just wanted to hear I just wanted to hear you say it. I wanted to hear you say it. Yeah, I mean and I feel like that's where a lot of people are right now. It's just figuring out what kind of value you can get for Devon A chain. Um because it's tough. Like you, you, that dynasty discipline to capitalize on what monster performance we just saw is tough. But if he does it again, whew. Man, you know how quickly that running back landscape changes. We're going to see Devon A Chain in the in the top ten of dynasty rankings if he if he drops one hundred and fifty and another two like two touchdowns. Like it's going to get wild. Quick. Yeah, we're living in the world where Brian Robinson and Kyron oh. Williams are top sixteen running backs in dynasty. Oh my gosh, it pains me. Let's talk. Oh about no, this. Brian Robinson dropped to seventeen. Okay, we're oh my god, a little bit better. Uh, you know what? Devon A chain, Devon A chain rose 51 spots. And he is now running back 12 in Dynasty. Let's go. Top 12 running back in Dynasty. Thanks, KTC. Uh, what are we doing? It's running back, uh, man. It's it's running back. It is know, literally dude. what 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 are you producing for me right now? Because there's no long-term intrinsic value in any of these guys. It's what is your production and what is your projected role for the rest of the season? Next year doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I mean that's that is that is running back to a T. I mean, uh, we talked about Devon H and you brought up Brian Robinson. He Don't seems count. like he's gonna yeah, like he seems like he's just that guy right now. Uh what do you get? Are you giving up multiple seconds for Brian Robinson? You, do you think you have to give up a first for him, a back end first? Oh god, you probably do, which is gross. Um, I'm, oh, not, doing I'm it. not doing it. Yeah. It's just it's running back, man. Like I'm not let me tear off between players if I'm trying to make any move like that within the running back position right now. I'm not just sending the straight up capital for these guys anymore. Like I'm not, it's just not that's not the way I'm doing it to acquire him. Yeah, man. I I feel like in the end, you're going to find a running back that can give you production. You can get the production that you're looking for. And it's going to be that debate of which running back are you do you want to pay up? Do you want to pay that extra premium? Because you can get a rookie like Devon A chain and you're going to take that shot on him. Do you want to pay that extra premium for James cook for a guy that, that can have just up and down weeks, week in and week out, or, or, or do you want to pay, you know, a much cheaper price for, for a, a James Connor who, who can go out against a, a very, very good Dallas defense and, and, you know, rush for almost a hundred yards, still get a couple targets and a touchdown. Like, I feel like that's the the thing that you have to weigh with the running back position. It all comes down to like whether or not your roster constructed in the right way, but like you can find these types of performances from anybody and it's just figuring out in terms of that name value, that youth, like what you're willing to give up to, to get a running back product uh, producer. 
buy them on the right spots. Like just buy them on the right teams. Know when you know when you can actually buy them. Because I can go down to let me let me go down to RB. Let's go down to RB forty four, and I can buy Zach Moss. Oh, what's man. the difference between what's the difference between Zach Moss and Kyron Williams right now? They have the role. That's it, and that's RB seventeen to RB forty four. There's not much difference between them. James Conner, RB34. Raheem Mostert, RB37. Khalil Herbert, RB40. Zach Moss, RB44. Yeah. Gosh. I mean, obviously, Dalvin has not played well, but he's at RB49 right now. So, uh, yeah, rough go at running back all across the board. And then even as you get into the 20s, like, I mean, you have, you know, Alvin Kamara, Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, like any of these guys can jump up and down. And we were looking at this before we we actually got on and, and recorded and just kind of looking at at some of the names of the producers of the week. We talked about, um, you know, obviously Devon A-Chain and Raheem Mostert, which is kind of where this all started. But in the end, when you look at like the the wide receiver producers, like you have big time names. It's going to be your, your Justin Jefferson's, your Jamar Chase this week is back and did his thing. You know, Keenan Allen, Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, you know, um, you know, Adam Thielen had a great week this week, but, you know, again, a name Debo Samuel back at it. Amari Cooper, A.J. Brown, Amon Ra, like all of the usual suspects that you you would typically think you'd see in the top 12 to top 14. And then you go to running back for this week and it's Devon A-Chain, Raheem Mostert, yet Zach Moss, James Conner, Jerome Ford, Jarek McKinnon, Alexander Madison. Miles Sanders and Isaiah Pacheco. Those those were all names within the top twelve. Obviously, ETN had a good week, uh, CMC and Kenneth Walker. But running back is replaceable. <laughs> like just that's that's there's proof right there. You can find a running back producer anywhere on the board. For yep, you. and then we'll keep buying into the Tyreeks, the Diggs, the Devonte Adams until they fall off and die. I mean, yeah, like how how can you not like Devon? I mean, first of all, Devonte Adams, like holy cow, oh. doing it, and he's going to do the same thing with Brian Hoyer in next week. Oh my goodness! Um, real quick, before we move into to wide receivers, I want to touch on some last couple of things. Zach Moss, uh, any third? Are you buying Zach Moss for a third to to you know see what you can get out of him for the next few weeks? If I need the, I mean, I don't even know if it's a few weeks. I mean, they just cut Deion Jackson too after he looked. God awful in week two was it? So, I'm assuming JT's coming back. I mean, yeah, that's a you would think you you would yeah. think maybe Deion Jackson's just causing a problem in the background or something. I don't know. That was a that was a wild one from just like two weeks of bad football to say, nah, you're not even good enough after you were a starter week one. Um, no, but if it but if I'm on a contender, I need a running back. I can buy Zach Moss for a third. Sure, yeah, uh, lose Nick Chubb, yeah, easily. Then last couple things I wanted to, to touch on. Um, Cam Akers traded for a bag of potato chips, as as you love to say. And uh, no, 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 less than the air oh. inside of a bag of potato chips. That's what he was traded for. S- excuse me, excuse me. Yes, yeah, so he, I mean, he was literally given away. Like they just sent him on a paper airplane over to Minnesota. And holy cow, um, I, you worried about uh, Acres being? Being the new Dalvin Cook, is he going to just put Madison back as that RB2 role on that team? Uh, he's the new Madison. They're both very bad running backs, and so they're just going to have two very yeah. bad running backs, and they're going to relegate Ty Chandler and never let him see the field. And then final thing here, 
where are you at on Najee? Like, I was hoping that we're going to say, I know everyone's talking about Jalen Warren having more of a workload, blah, 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 blah. Um, I think in the end, like, Najee just hasn't looked. He looks cooked. I mean, he looks bad. I think I saw somebody compare it to like he looks like he's running in jeans, which was a fantastically hilarious quote that I've never thought of or never heard any <laughs> guy running described as. Um, yeah, he, he looks like he's running in mud. He looks like he has cinder blocks on the bottom of his feet, but they gave him more work by far than yeah. they did Jalen Warren. You think it has to flip at some point. Maybe they're just like some cost fallacy that they just have to keep running him out there instead of Warren, but they look like two completely different running backs. I, I'm a, about all the way out on Najee Harris if I can be right now. Like a second, I'm probably taking. Yeah, there a second, was definitely a second in any replaceable running back, and I'm I'm out of my Najees. Yeah, it was definitely up and down this offseason with with people like you know his value got bumped up for a little bit there. It's like oh you know he had that foot injury last year. He's gonna be so much better. Everything's gonna be you know everything's gonna be fine. The offensive line's gonna be better. That offense is gonna look really good. And you started to see that value go up, and then you see Najee on the field, and you're just like, Ooh. yeah, Yikes. he he's looking looking like Josh Jacobs out there right now. And oh, I mean. It's it's been a rough go go for Najee Harris. So um not sure if there's anything still lingering, but I do think uh this is gonna be more of a 50-50 split um as the season goes on. So something to watch out for and to continue monitoring for sure. You would think so. One last running back, DeAndre Swift. He actually Ooh. in that range of like the worth of first. I mean, he is running behind he's running into lanes that are I, I could run I could run through people always like to say it you could run through I could run through and we'd get five yards uh, another 130 I, yard game after he put up what was it, 200 plus the week before yeah he had 175 last week and then he had 130 this week and I I just I want to just it just gives me a headache like I want to believe in DeAndre Swift. Like I, we've all we've all loved the talent. Like he was all he was running back three in dynasty at one point. Like even I think going into previous seasons, like he was he was constantly in that top five where people you just couldn't quit DeAndre Swift. And I know as soon as I sit here and say buy yourself some DeAndre Swift, like this guy can be a league winner. Whatever hyperbole situation you want to put around DeAndre Swift, as soon as it's said. Like he's gonna he's gonna show you Detroit Lions DeAndre Swift all over again where you know he just he can't stay healthy. And that's the only concern I have for Swift. Like he can obviously be very good. Um I'd say yes. Like I mean, I, I'd give up a playoff first for Swift, but holy cow, man. I don't know. It it's feels again, gross. it's running back. It feels yeah. gross. Like, why would I not just buy something else? Why would I not well, just spend a third instead for Zach Moss? Why wouldn't I do that if you if you really want to spend a first on a running back? Why not go after an ETN? Why not go after a Pollard? Like why not pursue one of those guys that you might have a little bit more belief in that hasn't burned you so much in the past? Like, oh, dude, I, I just I, I caught myself saying it every single time that I saw Swift running tonight, and it was like, oh wow, he actually looks really healthy. Like it wasn't ever, it wasn't ever, I couldn't ever actually like through my mind process, like actually get to say that DeAndre Swift looks good. It was always in my mind whenever I saw him run, he's like, man, he looks healthy. And he does, he looks healthy. And, you know, obviously if he's in this, if he's in this offense and he is healthy, he's going to be very good. Um, 
everyone thought last week may have been a fluke without Kenneth Gainwell. And we saw uh, Kenneth Gainwell still get a little run this game. And it was the DeAndre Swift show. So, um, yes, I want DeAndre Swift. I have some DeAndre Swift where I'm cramming him in lineups and, and I'm feeling really good about it right now. But uh, I'm very, very, very cautious with my optimism for him. Um, I want it. I want him to stay healthy. I want him to be good. If he, if he is, he's going to be a, a top 10 to 15 running back. It's going to be that touchdown dependency. I think for him, I don't think he's going to be having 175 yards on the ground week in and week out, uh, but he will need touchdowns to, to survive uh, for fantasy purposes. And I think that's the struggle that I see with Jalen hurts running the ball, especially in those goal line situations. Uh, and, and, it's been a kind of an inconsistent offense for, for the Eagles. So I just don't know if he's going to have that true, like top eight that people want, but he's going to be a solid RB 10 to 15. I think you can keep running for over a hundred yards a game. He's uh he's going to get there pretty easily, but anything else at running back before we move into the wide receivers? I just want to say he was RB 15 this week and 130 yards. Like it's as it is, is awesome as he was like it's still just the oh. RB two. So I mean, age chain and mustard almost don't count. Like you may, <laughs> Put him up at RB thirteen at least. Like those, those are enigmas. They don't actually count in real world stats. Let's. Uh, we do need to dive into pass catchers. I just want to say uh, Rashad White's still bad. So, um, yep. anything. That's pretty much it here. Uh, but right, unfortunately, you- got to start off with the bad. I'm going to start off with the bad one. Mike Williams torn ACL out for yes. the year in the Los Angeles Chargers system, and so everybody's going to be pointing to the rookie QJ to step in and take over as the wide receiver too for that offense. Unfortunately, I don't like I'm not buying the QJ this week. I'm buying it next week after he gets outplayed by Dar- Darius Davis or whatever his name is. Uh, as, as I'm trying to pull that one right now, that's definitely not the name I don't believe, but uh, it's Josh it's, Palmer. Like that's the one that you really got to worry about. I think Josh Palmer is, is the true guy that's going to be taking the targets over for Mike Williams. I think in, in years past when Mike Williams or Keenan Allen has been out, it's been Josh Palmer. That's like commanded like a 20 plus percent target share in that offense. Um, and like, that's, that's where, that's what QJ has to figure out is it. Can he, get involved enough in this offense to overtake Josh Palmer. Like we'll, we'll find out. I, I don't, I, I'm with you. I don't think it's this week though. Yep. It is Darius Davis. I didn't think that that was for some reason I wrote about him in the yeah. waiver article that's dropping tomorrow on destination Debbie and still thought that it was the wrong name because it doesn't sound right. But uh, <laughs> I think it's legitimately going to be a, wide receiver by committee between Darius Davis, QJ and Palmer for the next couple of weeks. I do have still long-term hope for QJ to be the number two, to be the Mike Williams of this offense, but I don't think it's going to be soon. They've kind of shown us that like he wasn't going to step into that role right away. It's the Keenan Allen target hog show. And that's pretty much the only wide receiver that I will consistently be playing week in week out. You want to talk about a guy, if healthy um, Keenan Allen, he had 20 targets this week, 215 yards receiving, uh, and that was with zero touchdowns. He was wide receiver one on the week with 18 catches in that game. So in full PPR formats, like just an absolute monster. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it's going to be the Keenan Allen show for the foreseeable future. Um, and then it's going to be a combination of who can fill in for that that's, you know wide receiver two role. And when you get Eckler back as well, um, you can plan on him truly eating a bunch of those targets up that part is still tbd as well in terms of where eckler uh, or when eckler is going to actually return 
Yep. Any interest in a now, I think, going on 29-year-old Mike Williams coming off of an ACL tear? I had zero interest in Mike Williams at all. Um, so, no. <laughs> yeah. None. Uh, None. Unfortunately, I mean, this is just kind of Mike Williams, isn't it? Like, he's a good player, balls out for a couple of weeks, and then it's just injuries, man. He just can't ever stay healthy. Yeah, he, he can be very good, but yeah, I have zero interest in, in him right now, or at least at this point in his career. So he's actually um, just about to turn twenty nine, so he'll probably be thirty by the time he plays on that torn ACL. Ugh, poor kid. I guess kid, geez. Who I, I, this is this old man talking about a twenty nine year old being a kid. This poor guy. <laughs> um so some other highlights here. Let's let's touch on some Monday night games. Um obviously Jamar Chase finally back at it. Joe Burrow did play. That was a good sign. Uh, Chase had, what, 12 catches, 140 yards. Uh, very good game for him, so glad to see him back. Um, Puka. Puka returned to earth a little bit. I mean, still a good game. Still a good game, honestly. You put a touchdown on that, and he's a top 20 wide receiver, but didn't get the 20 targets this game. Yeah, what, it was, what do you have, seven targets this game? And, he, I mean, truly, he it wasn't bad in the end, but – he did get like saved. He had like that one 30 yard catch, like right towards the end of the game that turned a what? F- uh, yeah. He had five for 72. So it would have been like four for 40. Like it, yeah, it was it on the way a to a clustering game. Yep. <laughs> it was on its way there. <laughs> so I mean, he returned, but still he's the wide receiver one. Um, he's going to be used as the wide receiver two behind Cooper cup. Whenever he's back Two two Atwell also really showing out again today too, which I didn't have any expectations or hope for Poot or for Tutu Atwell coming into the season. <laughs> I mean, I, I liked him for best ball. I still think that Tutu was a, a solid best ball play. I mean, but in the end, I, I know Puka has been the show there. But I mean, Tutu's had eight targets in every single game. He's at eight, nine, and nine in every single game this year. Like they they are trying to get the ball in his hands, get him into space, let him be electric because he is fast. He's just little. And so uh, we saw that playmaking ability on the almost touchdown catch today where he was tight roping and just by just the, the still ro- touchdown. outside of, yeah, I mean, it should have been, should have been a touchdown um, or it was a touchdown. I'm sorry. Yeah. And so like, no, no, they, they didn't call it. They overturned it, which I believe they made the wrong call, which is what I was saying there. Oh yeah. 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 No. Um, he did still have a touchdown in the game, but yeah, um, yeah no, it was a, uh, it's a very fun offense with with a healthy Matt Stafford. Puka is still going to be the one, as you mentioned. Uh, I do think we may see more teams catching on to to how to stop Puka Nakua um, and, and just not let him dominate games the way that he has been dominating zone coverage. So we'll, we'll see how that kind of develops in the coming weeks. Uh, are you doing anything with Puka? I mean, do you, I guess let's start there. Do you have any Puka shares? I have not been able to get any of them. All of my attempts to sending out DJ Moore and Christian Watson and all of those types were declined. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I mean, the, the Puka hype is real. Uh, I do think there's going to be a buy window for him. I mean, if he has another game, like, again, solid game like this, but when Cooper Cup does come back, I think that's going to be your true buy window. I think you'll have that opportunity then. Yeah, we'll try again this week. I'll do them all again. A guy you you bought off in the off season. I just want to highlight real fast here as well. Mike Evans, man, tell me about your, your another Texas A and M alum. Your guy, Mike Evans, Mister Jer- Consistency. Y'all can't see it, but the jersey's on, over my shoulder right now. Uh, my, Mike Evans, one of my favorite players in the NFL. He is the most disrespected NFL wide receiver in probably the last ten years. He will again. As long as he does not get injured, knock on wood, 
He will again go for a thousand yards and eight touchdowns this year. He is Mr. Consistent. He is never going to explode for anything more than that, but he is now going to go. I believe I think this is now 10 years in a row of a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. As long as he remains healthy, I don't want to put that on him right now. And he, I, I feel bad about what I just did there. And hopefully Mike Evans, please stay healthy, but he's he's just good he is a i mean he went up and just elevated like he was a 18 year old basketball player for a one-handed catch tonight that was just immaculate um he's just one of the best wide receivers in the nfl and he's just consistently slept on he's like uh he's like a better version of tyler lockett and uh, he he's also one of the most disrespected wide receivers for what he's done over his time with the seahawks um, just two guys who people are going to fade because of the situation with Baker. They were fading because of the age and he's balling out and probably going to be a top 24 wide receiver again this year. Yeah, no, my, Mike Evans. I remember us. T- I distinctly remember that conversation of us like legitimately getting mad that Baker Mayfield could be the one that ruins the Mike Evans season and you know, his, his streak of a thousand and eight and, uh, we were we were genuinely concerned. It has looked good early this season. Again, you know, knock on wood. Uh, you know, stay healthy, Mike, because you're going to do some great things again this year, and we're going to love to see it. Uh, you know, my best ball rosters in in BBM four are going to love to see it. And so, if you haven't heard, Destination Debbie has teamed up with underdog for the upcoming season so make sure you do use promo code tfdr at sign up and get up to a 100 deposit match on your first deposit and if you do deposit ten dollars or more you will get one year access to the destination debbie discord so you have to do that hands down the best place to be in fantasy you got to check it out and if you're not there destination Check out the website, patreon.com forward slash all gas. You can go there as well uh, to to tap into everything Destination Debbie. Yes, sir. Get on those props during the season. Obviously, the drafts are over, but props are still live. And then we can also play coming up at the end of the season. We can play the uh, playoff version of Underdog as well. So definitely be looking forward to that. I've still got some remaining cash that I haven't fully burned in that account. So we'll be getting into those later on in the season and each and every week for props as well. If you're in a legal state. Florida's on a questionable one right now, so get get right, Florida. But anyway, one more wide receiver that I want to talk about before we move into the tight end position and wrap us on out of here. Garrett Wilson being affected by the Zach Wilson show. What do you do with him? Trade him. If you're a contender, trade him. I think you can still hold out hope for next year. Um, yeah, I think Garrett Wilson still has enough dynasty value that you can get a good return uh, for for him. And you can still stay in that top eight, top 10 um, of the dynasty positions. And maybe you'll have to get some older points and go out. I mean, try to go after a Tyreek, a Stefan Diggs, those names um, and, and see what you can get done in your leagues. But if you can't, like, I'm not like just going, you know, into the to the the flat tier like i will just have to hold on to him if that's the case like i i would love to get one of those aging producers but if i can't just hold and pray man hold and pray it's disgusting i mean he's he's actually not been like terrible at least over the first two weeks but again like you had some rogers on those um man it is two receptions for the 83 yards in the touchdown saved him in the second week. It's it's going to be rough. Like he projects to probably be outside of the top 40 right now, and he's still probably going to be valued as a top five dynasty wide receiver, which is just wild in today's current landscape of how we play the game. 
Yeah, man. I, and there, there's, you know, I don't want to dive in too much to the, to the wide receivers, but I do think that like, with where, with where he is at, he was, you know, wide receiver three, one of those guys that we thought could, or not, you know, we, but people thought could crack into that Justin Jefferson tier. And, you know, it hasn't happened this year. It's it, unfortunate situation. So if you can capitalize or if you need those points, like definitely explore it. Um, but I'm not just selling for anything. Yep. I'm fine getting out though. Like you said on those producers, because you're then buying in on the hope that they either get a quarterback this year and replace Zach Wilson with Carson Wentz cool. level production. Like, are you really banking on that to save your Garrett Wilson shares? And then next year you're still banking on a comeback off of an Achilles for a 40 year old Aaron Rodgers or whatever quarterback they bring in next year as well, which probably is going to look about the same. Um, Kirk Cousins yep. is about the only thing I think that can actually save Garrett Wilson if that somehow happens, which I don't think it does. Yeah, he's going to be in QB. I'm going to call it purgatory for the next few years. So I would definitely explore those options and 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 try to capitalize at some point. Maybe you can capitalize on the hype in the offseason when, you know, Aaron Rodgers is coming back and he's ready to go. Like, I'm definitely I'm 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 very interested in trying to capitalize and, and, and get off of my Garrett Wilson's right now. <sighs> Agreed. Two more players chase at tight end really yes. quickly before we get out of here. Who is the leader in fantasy points for the Atlanta oh Falcons at tight end chase right now? Who is actually the leader in fantasy points in normal non tight end premium leagues? Is it Kyle Pitts or is it tight end one? Johnny Smith, Michael Pruitt. Uh, no, it's, it's definitely going to be Johnny Smith, uh, I, I, which again, it's actually hey, not. He is, it, is, is not. It, He's not leading Kyle Pitts. Uh, Kyle Pitts is outscoring him by 12 yards in terms of fantasy points. So 1.2 points. This past week did it. Kyle Pitts just, just, you know, crushing that war this year. Back to the tight end one on his own team. We're back, baby. We're back, uh, dude. Like the tight end position. If you if you haven't listened, make sure you do check out Destination Dynasty. Uh, Scott breaks down the tight end position, kind of talking about uh, some different maneuvers to make and, and just just the whole thought process with tight end. Have to check that one out because uh, he's going to be able to dive into that a little bit more than we are as we spent forty five minutes on quarterbacks today. So um, yeah, no, I mean you don't want to start Kyle Pitts. You you have to if you have him on your team though, but you don't want to. Like I. I what do you what are you doing with your Kyle Pitts shares? Can you? He's probably worth a single first at this point. He's just a replaceable tight end. He's any other mid mid round mid twelve um, replaceable tight end. B- people are going to say like they're still upside long term. He's still going to have Arthur Smith as a head coach, and even if they somehow get rid of Desmond Ritter, this offense is still going to run the same way because they're still going to be good enough to win football games this year, and they're not firing Arthur Smith. So what changes? Are you going to tell me you're waiting for year seven of Kyle Pitts? Because he's going to get franchise tag too, more than likely, because unless the tight end landscape shifts over the next two years until you get to that point, the franchise tag is worth it for a tight end of his caliber. So he's probably going to get franchise tagged. So he's not escaping then. Like wh- where does the where does the change happen? Are you really holding out for an Arthur Smith leaving? And then you need to bring in a new system that's actually better than the current one. And we need to find another quarterback that's better than Desmond Ritter. And we need to play that game too. Like, I, I don't know. Paint me the picture of how it gets better. And I'll, I'll buy in because I do still think he's like a, he's one of those kind of like quote unquote generational talents. He's the one out of every 10 years at the position talents. But right now, paint me the picture to how he gets back to relevancy from a terms of production. I can't see it. 
Yeah, I think the the most commonly overlooked thing in fantasy is the situation in which these players are in. What kind of offensive you know schemes are they in? Uh, who is the quarterback tied to it? How efficient is that team? Like, there's a lot of things that are that are outside of a player's talent control that get overlooked in fantasy. It's like, oh yeah, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, that offense is going to be really good. Well, it could be if it was, you know. Kevin O'Connell's offense in Minnesota, like, sure, that would be fun, but like, it's not, it's Arthur Smith's, you know, Tennessee run game, like where they want to just ground and pound and, and game manage that thing to death. And, and you have a quarterback that also is super inefficient and, and young. So yeah, uh, unfortunately for Pitts, you know, he's another one that's going to be in, in, in purgatory basically for fantasy purposes for the next two to three years. And I just don't see it getting any better. Uh, like I could see things getting better for Sam Laporta. Um, Which one straight he, up, Sam Laporta or Kyle Pitts in Dynasty? I mean, at this point, like, why not just take Sam Laporta? Like, why not? I mean, it's awful. it sounds it sounds bad. It sounds wild. Like, but Sam Laporta's tied in two this year. Like, did, did you know that he's tied into in like just your standard PPR scoring? Like, he's yeah. had you know eight targets a game. Or sorry, he had five in this first game, but he had six and eleven. He top eight tight end in every single time, every single performance this year. So I still don't like. I'm still not doing it because of long term what I see with Sam Laporta. Like he's a very good tight end. He was slept yeah. on. He was undervalued in the NFL in in the you know the pre draft process for all of us fantasy analysts. Other than Iowa Michael, the tear down king himself, like he was the only one. He's the only one that I know out of anybody who is on Sam Laporta hype. Um, it, the issue that I have is like this offense needs somebody other than Amon Ross St. Brown at the wide receiver position, and they don't have it right now. I don't care that Khalif Raymond and Josh Reynolds are kind of like balling out a little bit. Like they're not wide receiver twos. And so I'm, I'm just worried about what Sam Laporta's role looks like once we get that wide receiver two back. I don't think it's Jamison Williams, though. Like I don't think that's the answer for who's the wide receiver two to fix this offense. But they do still need a wide receiver two. And currently, Sam Laporta is filling that role right now. Yeah, uh, no doubt about it. I do want some Sam Laporta. Um, but again, when, you, when you're producing and it's you know, a young tight end, rookie, you know, producing at a top five level, he's going to be hard to acquire. And I just don't really want to pay for that. Like, why not just go buy Hunter Henry after a clunker of a performance? So um, I can find that replaceable position somewhere else. Um, so if I do have him, maybe I'm looking to sell. There's still only three tight ends that matter to me. It's Hawkinson, it's Andrews, and it's Kelsey. Those are still the only three that actually matter to me. If I can move off of a Laporta and get to any of those three, I'll do it. Yep, I'm game. Holy cow. Well, for, for a show that we thought was going to be an hour, here we are an hour and 20 minutes in. Uh, Under the hour and a half year. mark, I'll take it, honestly. Yeah, Honestly, yeah. like That's pretty much where we're, we're going to be at for these. We're going to try, try and cut it down a little bit, but it, there's just so much happening. Uh, so many things that are, are going to be shifting over the next few weeks, um, and, and we really want to make sure we, we cover as much as we possibly can. Anything you want to add, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap out? Just a couple of quick hitters from me. Brandon Staley won the game and should still be fired. The Cowboys might be the worst team in the NFL because they just lost to the team that was destined to get Caleb Williams. And Tyson Badgett will be starting a game by week 10. Yeah, you have been on that one. You you have been saying that, and I thought you were crazy just because of all, the, all your, your Justin Fields hate. But um, that is, that is a uh, – I can see light at the end of that tunnel now. So – 
Uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, man. Again, make sure you check out destinationdevy.com. Have to be a part of it. Cody writing, dropping articles every single week. The waiver article is out. So do check that out so you can see which waiver ads you need to be making. Uh, articles dropping there every single day. So you want to make sure you check that out. Destination Devi Radio. This is where you're listening to us. Hopefully you are subscribed and following this channel because there is nonstop content. Uh, we're going to be dropping every single day as well. And yes, patreon.com forward slash all gas. Got to be a part of the community. Heisman's here. That's where you'll find us. You'll find Scott, Ray. You'll get to find you know all the DTI5 guys. You have to be a part of the Discord. I, I'm, I'm telling you, you want to improve your, your fantasy gaming. You want to improve your knowledge. You want to improve your process. There is literally no better place to be and no better time to be a part of this community. So uh, destinationheavy.com or patreon.com forward slash all gas while you can. So anything else, man? Nope. It's the best place to be. You can hear my nonsensical rants all the time over there if you would like to. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to pay for this, you know. You and you can respond there. to it too. You can respond actually versus just yelling at Cody through through uh, through your AirPods right now. So uh, again, thank you so much for tuning in and for joining us here on the Overreaction Podcast.